Hi, I'm Chris Spizak, and this is the Words You Should Know podcast. Welcome to the summer series of the Words You Should Know podcast, where no, I'm not going to go into the etymology of summer, dog days, and solstice. Been there, done that. But instead, we'll revisit the story stop tour events of earlier this year and popular episodes you may have missed from years past. This will be a seven-episode break, with new episodes resuming on Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. So welcome to the encore of episode 10. The plural form of you already exists. Originally released January 23rd, 2019. Enjoy the show. A few stolen minutes out of your day to talk words and communication. I'm here for you in those moments of temporary language hesitation or bewilderment. And today's podcast is on one of my favorite explorations. Sometimes the world seems annoyed that there just isn't a word to express exactly what you want. There's no English word for that intimate feeling associated with sitting around a fire in the winter with your close friends, though it exists in Danish. There's no word for the feeling of anticipation when you're waiting for someone to show up at your house and you keep going outside to see if they're there yet, though that word exists in Inuit. Or what about the word for that panicky hesitation before you have to introduce someone whose name you can't quite remember. It exists. What's a word for the act of annoying older brothers? Or the act of scratching your head in order to help you remember something you've forgotten? Or the word for that old trick where you tap someone lightly on the opposite shoulder from behind to fool them? Just look at Czech, Hawaiian, or Indonesian respectively, and you'll have your answer. Of course, sometimes the word you need seems simple. And that's what we're talking about today. Specifically, how do you differentiate a singular versus a plural, you? But here's the secret. For this one, at least, the English language already has an answer. Where I grew up, y'all is as everyday as the Appalachian Mountains that surround you like an embrace. But now I have family and friends who cringe a bit at that word. A few even occasionally use yous, Y-O-U-S, and I try my best not to shudder though I know my own regionalisms probably have the same effect on their ears. Honestly, it all comes down to the same problem. When you're talking to a group of people, what's the best word to use to make it clear you're talking to a whole bunch of people? You're not just talking to Rebecca, you're talking to her entire department, or her entire family. Maybe you have the goonies in the back of your head with sloth saying, hey you guys, and again, while it offers an answer, you guys is still not quite right. While many utilize guys as a gender-neutral word, it still has a male connotation that doesn't always sit well. Slate recently published an article about this problem. You can see it on my website and on my newsletter. And they argued for the natural growth of y'all. I hear you, Slate. I absolutely do. Y'all have a great argument there. In fact, I'm with you. I just don't see it happening any more than someone living in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia suddenly taking up use in their everyday speech because it offers an answer to the linguistic problem at hand. There are substitutes that come up, like everyone, team, and of course my old favorite folks, but I like to point out that the English language itself already has an answer. It's not one that's especially modern, but it exists and should at least be a part of the conversation. 
Let me remind you about ye and you, as well as thee and thou. In the English of Shakespeare and the King James Bible, there were multiple versions of the word we now know simply as you. There were adjustments for singular or plural, sentence subjects versus sentence objects, and even for levels of respect. The, T-H-E-E, was the singular version of today's word you when it was used as the subject. For example, thee sing so beautifully, get thee back to your studies. Thou was the singular version when it was used as an object. For example, I took thou to the castle, he called thou. If we really want to dive deep here, we can even talk about thy and thine, which rhyme and function like second person singular versions of my and mine. Or more simply said, they are the equivalent of your and yours for just one person. Of course, thee and thou were also used as word choices of intimacy or as a sign of a lower station or rank. Close confidence would use thee and thou, as would adults speaking to children, and the more powerful speaking to someone lower according to their class hierarchies. Ye, Y-E, could be compared to the French word vous. It's the subject pronoun to use when looking for that plural you of today, when you know y'all and yous aren't the answer, or when speaking to someone to whom you need to show respect. Wow, even talking about respectful language is making me throw in a formal to whom. No ending with prepositions today, folks. Of course, this version of ye is not to be confused with the other, older version of ye, which is a substitute for the, in the era when T and H were not yet the standard spelling of the the sound. More on that on my website, and oh my gosh, it will blow your mind. And it's something really we all need to know, you can check on that. Then there's you, which is the word we know and love, or at least the word we know and use. Originally, it was designed only as a second-person plural object form, but it shed its past limitations, hasn't it? If we're going to make a push for more clarity with our plural you, I say, why not bring back the, thou, thy, thine forms to complement it? And let's throw ye back into the conversation. A bit old-fashioned, sure, but there's thoughtfulness and respect hiding in those old forms that might do good for our communications and society as a whole. Let's let you just be you. It just needs some company to solve this problem. Am I serious? Not completely. But if we're going to talk about what to do about the plural you, let's at least have the history of you as a part of the conversation. Aren't words fun? And fascinating, I think so. If you do too, you can have even more English language explorations sent directly to your inbox once a month. Learn more and sign up for my newsletter at getagripponyourgrammar.com. Yes, there's that title of my book again, Get a Grip on Your Grammar. We all need to sometimes, don't we? And if you like what you're hearing, I invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you choose to listen. Of course, if you want to add some stars or a rating, that would be fabulous. If you have any favorite words that don't translate so well, let me know. I'd love hearing from you all. Y'all. Use? Nope, that's definitely not right. Until next time. Words. Language. Communication. You've got this. <laughs>